Hi everyone, this is Austin of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. I'm placing this message at the beginning of our first four episodes for future context and new listeners. The name of the podcast was not nailed down until after the recording of the fourth episode. It had the temporary title of Austin and David Watch Wrestling, and that is reflected in the episode's content. With that out of the way, please enjoy. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This is Austin and David Watch Wrestling. I am Austin. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I haven't I I've I've watched I've watched like two episodes of wrestling now. Yeah. Is is that, is that how we're going to keep track of uh episodes? So we're going to keep the running tally of how many I've seen. <laughs> yeah, why not? Fair enough. Yeah. And so, uh, to here on episode three, uh, this I'm I'm super excited about this because even way before we even talked about um, doing a podcast about wrestling, I've talked to David about what we're gonna watch today a bunch because it's basically my favorite wrestling thing ever in the eight years I've been watching wrestling. This is probably my favorite thing, and I'm so excited to share it. Uh, today we're gonna be watching. At least one episode of Lucha Underground. Woo! Oh, you'll love to see it. Mm-hmm. Gonna be good. Uh, and and uh, our, the people who are just listening can't see, but I am wearing an appropriately themed shirt for today. I made sure to. Uh, oh yes, sure to a, Lucha, a Lucha shirt. I don't even think yes. I have one of those. I need, I need one because uh, one of my favorite wrestlers. If we watch a second episode, we'll get to meet him. One of my favorite mm. wrestlers on the like in the world uh, is on that episode, and I need a shirt of his. But I'm lazy <sighs> and don't buy shirts, and also cheap, also cheap. Fair enough. But yeah, Lucha Underground, our first foray into non WWE wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's 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 there's a lot different to it. Um, mm. I guess I start with. Uh, um, Lucha, what Lucha Underground is, uh, going, just going to read off of the Wikipedia page here. In January 2014, it was announced that producer Mark Burnett of 1-3 Media would be partnering with filmmaker Robert, Rodrigue- Robert Rodriguez's El Rey Network to launch a weekly hour-long television show in the United States in the second half of the year. So, yeah, this air, the, this show... Was just very first and foremost. The show was at a I was I was ever much like a cult following show, and the number one reason it never really got bigger than it was is because it aired on the El Rey Network. Well, I I just want I just want to say off the bat, I'm not even remotely shocked that from the way you describe Lucha Underground to me, that Robert Rodriguez had something to do with it. It just seems like something in his aesthetic of just like taking this general like pop culture idea and making it insanely outlandish. Oh yeah. No, I, it makes sense. Actually. I like, like I looked at Robert Rodriguez's like, uh, uh, uh film works, obviously Robert Rodriguez, uh-huh. um, from dust till dawn, uh, the spy kids movies, Shark Boy <laughs> and lava girl. This is what I know him from clearly. Not he, anything he, else. Didn't he also do sin city? Yeah, he did. Uh, sin city. Yeah. But I've yep. never seen it. So, I need to see it, but mm-hmm. that's a topic for another day. Oh, he oh he did Alita too. <laughs> Forgot about that. Of course, of course he did Alita. Why am I not even shocked he did Alita? Got it. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of so they they were setting up to sh- kind of do a show to kind of bring like uh, Lucha Libre. Uh, El Rey Network is uh it's a Spanish language channel. Well, not a Spanish language channel. It's it's but it's it's very um span. It's Just very.
Sorry about that. Keep going. No, it's fine. Is El Rey Network is a, I mean, this is a very uh, Spanish demographic, literally in the mm-hmm. name. It's El Rey. It's, own, it's owned in a joint venture with Univision. So like, that's what their, uh, their target demographic is. And actually most of their content is like Grindhouse. Um, okay. like they do, like they have like, also they like all the time they have like horror movie marathons and it's kind of interesting. Um, if mm. I was into that, I would definitely like watch El Rey network a lot, but obviously it's not, it's not a very big channel mm-hmm. nationwide, but, um, kind of jumped in here on bringing a Lucha Libre product to America. Um, I wish I could say I could give a better history of Lucha Libre overall, but I'll admit I can't, um, hmm. I can say that there, I can tell you a little bit that basically Lucha Libre, um, there's kind of two big uh, companies in uh, Lucha Libre is CMLL and triple A and triple and I've never, I don't really watch either of those. Um, so I can't really tell you a whole lot about what loot without uh, Lucha Libre like is from Mexico. Uh, but I will say AAA is uh, the company associated with uh, Lucha Underground, and basically they, they they provide a lot of the roster on this show, especially the uh, the Lucha roster. So, and I I want to bring up research is their name is Lucha full name is Lucha Libre AAA Worldwide. Uh, hmm. Their former name was just AAA, and it that isn't it does have a meaning, but it's like the stupidest meaning of anything. Its name was Assist. Assistencia Asesoria e Administración, which is Spanish for Assistance, Assessment, and Administration. <laughs> I always make fun of it for having the most corporate buzzwordy sounding name of anything, of anything on the planet. Yeah, I, how, how in the world did, uh, did they beat out Vince McMahon for that shit? <laughs> Yeah, no, I know it's it's fantastic, and yeah, they they beat out World Wrestling Entertainment for mm-hmm. corporate buzzy, corporate sounding wrestling names. Oh my god! But yeah, uh, Lucha Underground. Uh, it aired from uh, it aired four seasons from 2014 to 20. I think 20. I think it made it early 2019 is when it stopped airing. Oh uh, no. November 2018. Okay, my bad. Either way, four-year run, that ain't bad. Yeah, it was a for a show that never really uh, had super high ratings. Yeah, it was really it's really awesome that this that it got as much as it did. And it was very much a kind of shows like the big difference between that and like what we've seen in WWE the last two weeks or ever really is that like Lucha Underground does a lot, plays a lot more into like cinema, like a, a, I don't know a good way to word it, but like a cinematic aesthetic, like, yeah. like it's just hard to explain if you, for someone who isn't really a theater, per, like a cinematic person, but you can tell there's a difference here between like a way that you can tell the difference between like the way that a wrestling show is normally shot and filmed and the way mm-hmm. a regular TV show is shot and filmed and Lucha Underground goes way harder into how a regular show is shot. Yeah, it's uh I think I think kind of the uh almost the documentary s quality versus the uh versus the standard Hollywood s quality. Mhm. And so I, yeah. yeah. 
And and when you watch it, you'll be able to tell that like, oh yeah, this is this they t- they took a completely different approach to how to put this show together, and mm-hmm. they also and they and they treated it like a TV show, um, much to the detriment I think of a lot of fans. But like in the way I mean, like they air like for example they they aired in seasons, they aired four seasons hmm. of the show, and that's so weird in, in wrestling. It's it's you know every week. 24 uh 52 yeah. weeks a year like there's this idea that oh yeah you have a set number of seasons that ends on a finale and then mm-hmm. you take a break that's weird in wrestling that's weird in lucha mm-hmm. underground that's how they framed the show they still did yeah. pretty long seasons season one is uh i don't know why i don't season one is 39 episodes season two is 26 Dang. season three is 40 season four is 22 so that's kind of all over the place first of all yeah, that, that was a lot of there was it was a lot of like how much money do we have to put into this show at this point in time? Fair enough. Especially another another by, staple of Robert Rodriguez. Especially by season four, they were running out of money fast. So I mean, I I, I got even kudos though for a forty episode season three. I was not expecting the thing to be longer after season two. Yeah, uh, I'm also happy about that because I guess the one of the big criticisms of season two was like, God, this is so short. Ain't nothing going on. Well, stuff went on, but it just didn't feel well, as yeah, well. It didn't it, feel it, as well developed as season one. Yeah, yeah. The opinions of the show, quality wise, I think the only thing anyone can agree on is that season one is incredible. <laughs> like, you're gonna get a lot. Like, you're gonna get a lot of different reactions on seasons two and three. Um, I would, I would, I think season two gets more people, more people that like it than season three. But I think people generally would argue all three seasons are good, mm-hmm. just whether or not you know they were how much better or worse they were from season one, and then season four is kind of like, eh. yeah, know. yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, but uh, so I guess I'll go ahead and try to explain a little bit about the premise of of. Uh, Lucha Underground. I got to think mm-hmm. about how much I want to explain because, like, this is like a like this is like a regular TV show that kind of like um like you know it has this uh, uh, the setting is actually relevant and it's not just a, a wrestling show. Yeah. And then they, they kind of expand on it as time goes on. But um, the the premise of Lucha Underground is basically that they are in is that uh this this rich guy named Dario Cueto. Uh, wants to run an underground fight club kind of kind of deal, okay. and so he gets this. He gets he 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 takes this like warehouse. He calls it the temple, and he in uh, it's in Boyle Heights. Forgot about that. It's in Boyle Heights, California, and so and he has the and this is his temple and he 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 brings in fighters from all walks of life and from all over to fight for glory oh and, and money this uh, this already feels like a much more like cinematic pre- uh, premise too no it's absolutely bonkers and i'm not going to say anything more about dario cueto because we get, we learn so much back but we get so much backstory with him and i don't know how much we're going to cover on the show so i don't want to hmm. like give it all away in case we yeah yeah no no uh, no spoilerino for you for your boy over here no uh i guess i will spoil is it like and when he says all walks of life he means it 
Mm. One of the show's greatest charms is it um, is its ability to kind of get is its willingness to kind of go to the extremes in terms of like the weirdness of wrestling. Yeah, it it doesn't try to necessarily ground itself in hard in in a in realism, especially when it comes to like the characters involved, because you you do have your like normal people these dudes who are just like legendary luchadors or uh, um, talented professional wrestlers coming into the temple. And then on the other hand, you get people like uh, not to, uh, it, it's not really much of a spoiler to tell you who they are is uh, mm-hmm. Mil Muertes, which means a thousand deaths. They're going to make sure you know that. Oh, I think and you were telling me about this dude a little bit. I have probably told you about it because all my favorite characters in the show are bonkers. And he's like, he has a whole backstory about how he, um, like almost died in an earthquake that destroyed his hometown. And he's saved by a woman who's named Katrina, who has otherworldly powers. And he, and now Mil Muertes is essentially like a zombie. Or at the yeah, very yeah. least, he. Or at the very least, if he dies, then he comes back to life stronger. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you, and then you have Drago, who is a dragon. Fair enough. As in, as in, they do. They have give him a whole, a whole vignette about how um, he was how in ancient times dragons were these mighty creatures but they were all hunted down and to adapt and they had to learn to adapt to survive and one and and this man one dragon reincarnated himself as a human mm. and that's drago Make, makes perfect sense to me no and this is the so yeah like you get like perfectly normal people and also interacting with these absolutely insane ridiculous and and wild characters Mm -hmm. and that's and that's a lot of the fun of the show i think is getting to watch them interact with each other oh that's what has me excited about it is like Mm -hmm. is like it seems to take the uh the the whole wwe thing of like of of the big personalities kind of Mm -hmm. finding their own little ways to interact with each other and having their little spats and whatever Mm -hmm. and just blowing it up to like we are throwing random whimsical pseudo fantasy characters at you um, and throwing them into a melting pot and just seeing what crazy shit comes out of it. It's like, it's kind of that really fun, like, character theatrical aspect to me taken to an extreme. Uh, in, you know, obviously within the mm-hmm. slightly organic feeling world of, of professional commercial wrestling. Absolutely. And that, that's, that's a lot of what appealed to me too, is this, is the, is the kind of, is the fantastical element to it all. In a yeah. way that, in a way that's never really been seen in, in mainstream uh, modern wrestling in America because it's always been, even if, even if they have these kind of ridiculous characters like an Elvis impersonator or, uh, I forget what other kind of wacky shenanigans, uh, children's show host that turns into a nightmarish hell demon. Yeah, that too, that, uh, you know, we, we, you get those characters, but they're still semi grounded in, uh, you know, your mileage may vary on how much grounded in reality. Well, yeah. But it's still kind of, the framing of the show is still this idea that this is a legitimate fight organization mm-hmm. and these pe- these are like real people trying to fight in the, uh, succeed in a fight organization. Yeah, no. Where- it's, it, 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 the, the, the vibes I've gotten kind of from the, from the sort of characters from the, from the mm-hmm. past two things we've watched is that you, you have, you have something to the, to like, 
yeah, these 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 people are are playing characters and stuff, but it's kept kind of like short enough and kind of within the bounds of of what we can understand as reality. Like even even characters like Kane, who's meant to be like a literal devil, like we don't get much on that. It's just kind of uh, it, it's just kind of like you know the the normal backstage drama. It just happens to be like this guy wears a mask that makes him look like a devil. Whereas mm-hmm. from how you described Luther Libre to me, it seems a little more like it's gonna play up the the kind of playing outside of the bounds, as it were. Yeah, it it does. And and those kind of characters, they um, they they kind of lend themselves into into the show is in these kind of they kind of take the you know they you always talk about is that wrestling at its heart. A lot of people would say it's it's kind of a morality play and and mm-hmm. it's most basic. And so they kind of take and Lucha Underground by having these kind of insane characters kind of takes that up even further of a notch where you're not just fighting a bad guy, a, a guy who is ostensibly uh, bad, a bad mm-hmm. person. You're fighting a zo- an undead zombie guy. And yeah. your, your guy isn't, isn't, um, isn't just a, a, a conventionally morally good person. He's like a suit. He's, he's a quasi superhero out. in It kind of, it, it kind of takes it almost as like, as like kind of the, the, uh, the self-insert kind of like um, Shakespeare play of WWE and turns it into like a self-insert video game that you mm-hmm. like can't control. Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> and so I'm probably not going to like, and I'm not going to say any more about the general state. I mean, we do have stakes in this series, in this show. Yeah. Not, and not just in terms of wrestling uh, championships. And I'm not going to say any more, but I'm not going to go too deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess um, the only thing, the last thing I don't want to talk about, I just want to go ahead and get into it. I don't want to talk too much more about it mm-hmm. because it's, and this, that will, because this is the kind of show where it, it sits, it sets in its own continuity that mm-hmm. starts and ends with the show. And that's something yeah. unique to anything you can do in a in any wrestling show to have this because everything is in wrestling. There's because the show's always moving on and it's always continuing for decades. In mm-hmm. that you can't ever start from the beginning. No, in Lucha Underground you can start at the beginning of the story. Yeah, and yeah. so there I don't. There's not really any uh, any deep backstory and lore to go into to yeah, inform no. the viewers because like we're at the beginning. Yeah, the, I I mean this is one where there's where there's not a whole lot of kind of like setup from from what you described. It's mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it's kind of like episode 1 let's go. Yeah, it it clearly le- it leans a little bit into uh the backstory into the histories of some of the wrestlers in the sense that like the normal wrestlers like their past exists and they might bring yeah. it up every once in a while but it's not super relevant to the stories they're telling right now. Mm-hmm. It's just a way. To, it's a way to have an informed character backstory. This guy wrestled in the past, and now he's wrestling here. But it's not like you need to understand what this journey this character has gone, this wrestler has gone through in other yeah. in other wrestling companies. They don't matter. All that matters it's is the like, underground story. It's it's kind of like those little like vignettes at the end of like if you're playing through like campaign mode of like mm-hmm. mortal Kombat or injustice like at the end whatever character you be campaign mode with will have like a little like little two minute like clip about how this affects their own like story timeline mm-hmm. but 
but ultimately, it's just kind of really good filler for uh, for here's why. Let's give a bunch of arbitrary reasons why I'm fighting all these randos. Yeah, pretty much. And um, I guess I was gonna I was gonna I'm gonna end on kind of like the two big issues that um kind of separate lucha underground be beyond beyond uh like a stylistic choice but almost like a content differences mm-hmm. to separate that from what you'd see from a modern WWE or anything else is as number one is that this the violence of the show is a lot higher than i think than i don't know i don't think it necessarily comes into play in these episodes but specifically but in terms uh but the show is very much like it's a show where you know that they got they're doing this on a channel that specializes in grindhouse, mm-hmm. and it's not always going to be a bloody gore fest. But when yeah. they dis- but they will go, but they do go there <laughs> in a way that you not really see in modern wrestling anymore for a number of reasons, really. Yeah, <clears throat> which will if we ever have a chance to talk about why I will, but. It's not relevant mm-hmm. to the story beyond to really say that, you know, don't, you're never going to see as much blood spilled. And it, when Lucha Underground goes hardcore, there's more blood is spilled than anything you ever see in WWE. I will say that's definitely a conversation I want to have one day because that sounds fascinating. Absolutely. It's, it's a great conversation to have. And then the other thing is kind of uh, is the um, prevalence of intergender wrestling on uh, Lucha mm. Underground. And, you know, in Lucha Underground, there is no women's championship or women's division. There are women's wrestlers, and they uh, they wrestle the men on a pretty regular basis. If for no other reason, because there's not a whole lot of women on this show. Yes, based Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. And that's and 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 uh, that's a hot. That's kind of a, a hot topic in in pro wrestling, uh, larger pro wrestling. Lucha Underground, nobody really like. The show wasn't big enough to garner that big of a conversation about it, but you know, you, but you, um, but it, it's the kind of things you talk about of, would they ever do this in a WWE or, um, any other significant, sufficiently large wrestling company? And mm-hmm. the answer is currently no, is they, is WWE has zero interest in it. And that's kind of assumed it's as completely a sponsor uh, sponsors thing. Um, the only time they have had, they've had, um, they have had, uh, there was one woman in the past who, in the nineties who wrestled with men because Mm -hmm. she was a legitimate, uh, like bodybuilder. And so that was kind of the argument for why she could do so Mm -hmm. is because she was muscular enough to, to look competitive, um, like she could fight a man. But mm. otherwise, WWE never really uh, doesn't touch on it at all. They don't go there. And um, pretty much any other major wrestling company in America right now also does not go there. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because is that like in, in the independent wrestling scene, you know, intergender wrestling is a lot more um, prevalent or at the very yeah. least, you know, in comparison. And and I think a lot of, and kind of a lot of the explanations for that historically have been, you know, is that, you know, there's not as much women's, women's wrestlers available on an independent wrestling scene and even, and even less opportunities for women in independent wrestling. So it's, so wrestling men is kind of a way for them to be able to actually, you know, wrestle they, their choices in many times are come down to, you know, we can wrestle men or we cannot wrestle at all. So mm-hmm. 
that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And, and so that's, there's, it's always kind of a hot button issue is, is that like, should they, or like, what are the, what are the, uh, should women, it, should there be intergender wrestling? Cause you know, for a lot of, cause for some fans, it's, uh, it's almost like the bridge too far. Yeah. In I mean, of, I mean, in terms of the suspense of disbelief. We, yeah, we, I mean, I mean, this comes down to kind of a broader point of like kind of cultural discourse recently, especially with things like trans athletes, trans athletes and stuff. There's mm-hmm. clearly like this, this almost like visceral refusal to, to consider like to, to kind of move your mind past um, uh, this kind of sense of biological essentialism that like mm-hmm. that men can only be ever on par with men, women only ever on par with women, except in rare instances, extreme instances, and even then, like, let's not really touch that, let's stay away from it at all costs. Mm-hmm. It, that That's kind of a whole giant conversation of itself, just because of all the messy kind of gender-based discourse that's been going on in the sports world for the past uh, for the past little while. Yeah, and, and, wrestle, and that's, that's kind of the way that wrestling ends up getting into its own wrestling in general doesn't have the same kind of like controversies about it. Uh, for ex- mm-hmm. like, for example, like for example, uh, trans wrestlers are, are, are there's no, there's no, there's no one ever really says anything about mm-hmm. it. I mean, obviously you're still going to have people who are assholes about it, but the yeah. larger wrestling community doesn't really care about trans athletes competing in the uh, gender that they identify with. Nice. And in fact, uh, all elite wrestling, um, which is the number two American company right now, like one of their more prominent women's wrestlers is a trans woman, Nyla Rose. Nice. So it's not. And, and the fact, and the fact that she, um, is a trans woman has never come up on, on screen at all. So nice. like that aspect of it, of that kind of gender based gender and sports conversation doesn't happen, but it does come up again more in intergender wrestling okay. is, is you'll, is you'll have is that a lot of that conversation of, yeah, of like how could a woman possibly in a fight be able to compete with a man hmm. that kind of thing. And, and my gender, my argument to it, I guess is like, I guess I can't police your suspension of disbelief. That's, that's a, a personal thing, but my, I kind of make the argument of, you know, if you really want to do make this a compare a, a, um, a, like what, how would it work in a real fight? You're going to, you're going to find a lot of issues in wrestling before you hit. What if a woman could fight, pr- fight a professional fight with a man, like the weight disparities in men's wrestling, just that is insane. Like you, you know who Ray Mysterio is. So that's yeah. like that. He he's like five feet tall. He's probably never been much more than 200 pounds. Yeah. And then he'll, he'll get in the ring regularly with guys who are 250, 300, 400 yeah. pounds. No, in no real fight could Ray Mysterio ever really win because that's, yeah. it's that point the weight difference is too much. There's a reason that weight classes are the way they are in MMA and real fighting. And they're a lot closer than that. Hmm. And, and we all, and we, and that, and we all kind of, and everyone kind of suspends their disbelief at the idea that Rey Mysterio, who is sm- much, 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 much smaller could actually win this fight. And I apply yeah. a lot of that same logic to the argument of if a woman was fighting a man, I see it. And I, I personally see it in a lot of the same vein. Yeah, is, I get that. Is you know, if 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 this if it was two men who had the same height and weight difference, I wouldn't 
no one would say anything. I wouldn't say anything. So why should I say it if it's a woman and a man of the same height and weight difference? Mm-hmm. And then, and then obviously you get into, you get the, it also has a bit of a, a converse. A lot of pe- some people would argue that uh, perhaps women's wrestling, uh, men on, wi- men on women fighting is crass. And as I would, I would say that, I guess I, that's a personal tr- opinion, I guess, and personal yeah. taste. I can't say that you shouldn't feel that way. Uh, the thing that would really gets my goat is sometimes is uh, people will kind of reference um, like domestic violence issues as, as kind of a, mm. as kind of a comparison of why you shouldn't do these, these things shouldn't exist. And I feel that's inappropriate and kind of dumb because no, yeah. like the, like the power dynamics isn't the same. Yeah. At, no, in, in a, in a stage fight that even in story is supposed to be between two competitors who agreed to have this fight. Yeah, as opposed to a a situation where someone is um uh, is abused is physically abused. Yeah, so I don't I don't necessarily agree with that idea. It's it's pretty it's purely kind of an optics, as in as in anything anytime a man is fighting a woman would be comparable to domestic violence. And I yeah, no, that's that's kind of that's kind of like a it's kind of <laughs> like a, a um like virtue signaling kind of take I think of mm-hmm. trying to of of like just trying to make excuses for why you personally think it's wrong and mm-hmm. using like loaded moralistic language to, um, to, to legitimize that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's the, I, you, you see that, you see that all over with, with a lot of different kind of gendered mm-hmm. interactions like that. So it's, it's no surprise that that's kind mm-hmm. of a, a touchy issue there. But yeah. Yikes. And it's, and I don't, re- and I don't really think it's a big deal if you're, if you're just personally not a fan of intergender wrestling, there's a lot of different styles of wrestling. You don't yeah. have to like every kind, but don't, but don't like try to at, make this like a moral issue mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're yeah, that no. it's, it's some immoral, it's an immoral decision to, to find intergender wrestling entertaining. Like, no, that's, yeah. It looks vaguely like domestic violence. That must mean it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. I, you could always shoot back. You know, do you say that? Do you say that? Reg, that like intragender wrestling uh, looks like assault and battery? Because yeah, no, seriously, saying it's the same argument. Yeah, it, yeah, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. The 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 one the one kind of before before we kind of like wrap mm-hmm. up the first half of this I the one thing I've kind of been thinking about when it comes to Lucha Underground as we've been preparing for this uh you know gearing up for mm-hmm. for this episode is what really fascinates me is this kind of like cultural drift of commercial wrestling because you told me mm-hmm. kind of uh you know last time we did this about some of the uh some of the origins of this style of wrestling, you know, starting back in kind of like the Carney area era where it was very much like a stage theatrical thing. And there's not a whole lot of like, and, and we're not admitting to the fact that it's all fake, even though people already kind of know stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I think about like, you know, the, the cultural drift that have to, ha- that had to happen to kind of take that to like, to, to Latin America and to Japan where, where, you know, the other kind of two really prominent places that this, that this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like for something like lucha underground in relation to like you know luchador uh culture mm-hmm. uh i don't know maybe you do how much of like you know the the og kind of like luchador thing was was legit or not like was that actual like prize fighting or was that stage two kind of like in the same vein as america i i wish i did know a little more about uh the history of lucha libre to really know um 
what that what the culture is like there. I I do know a little bit in the sense that like I don't I don't know how much they cop to the fact that it's fake, but like in terms of keeping kayfabe is 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 sort of kind of alive and well in Lucha Libre in the sense that like the idea of being seen of a luchador wrestler being seen in public without his mask on is kind of considered uh, culturally a no, a no go. Yes. Yeah. You, you have mentioned that before Mm -hmm. the mask specifically. Yeah. In, in Lucha Libre culture, uh, like the mask is, is, is kind of treated as, 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 as an, I, not as, I guess it would be weird to call it a sacred thing, but they basically, cause they basically treat it like it's your face. It's your, yeah. it's who you are. And to be without it would be like, if you could just like take your face off and yeah, that that's like, no, like, yeah, this, this is who you are is is hmm. is who you project and out of this mask and and like i'm sure i've mentioned it before but like some luchadors uh if they're kind of old school enough like we that we don't we don't actually know what their like real names are oh shit like because we've like we don't know like who they are <laughs> like and that's such a weird concept that doesn't really exist in any other corner of the wrestling glo- globe yeah is that kind of that strict of adherence to this that you're when you're in public this the, the character the luchador is who you are yeah so so kind of in that vein what really fascinates me is how this kind of fake professional commercial wrestling mm-hmm. found its way to multiple cultures um and what, what what really cracks me up too is I feel like if people think about and, and at least people here in America mm-hmm. think about think about like you know the luchadors the the the, the prize mask fighters people mm-hmm. like that I, I I feel like and maybe this is just my own perception and thus my own bias I feel like people then perceive that as maybe a little more legit just because of how it tends to get depicted uh, in media like. It's never, it's never really seen as, it's never really played as like, this is just like WWE where it's all kind of fake. No, like if, if we're, if there's a movie about like the, the luchador prize fighters, it's all like legit. And these are all people who are really fighting for this big, whatever, Mm. um, which makes it really, really, really fascinating to me that Lucha Underground, um, is kind of the fakest of them all when it comes to that. (laughs) Like, um, it, I, this is just something, and it's really random. And there's not—I I guess there's not a whole lot of discourse to like have about it. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. I've just been thinking about. Like, it's so fascinating to me that like that like this is the one that that kind of went the most Hollywood. Like, not WWE. This is the one that that leans into the fact that it's all just crazy scripted bullshit. Um, when when you know the kind of the luchador fighters in a way maybe because of how well they keep kayfabe over there versus how they do in America mm-hmm. seem to have an air of legitimacy about them that, that WWE doesn't. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, 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 and it's funny you mentioned that, that kind of the end there is this air of legitimacy is because if you talked, if you um, talk to a lot of old school, uh, older wrestlers, kind of the old school way of thought, they will a hundred percent argue with you that like, the fact that they kept kayfabe one twenty four seven added made them seem more legit. Well, I don't know how much that's true because you could. I mean, you could, I, I feel I feel like it could. I feel like you hold that you 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 stonewall that line between reality and fiction well enough, um, and it gets and and you're able to you're able to blur it just enough that like 
um, even though the hardcore dedicated know that no, this is still this is still all scripted. Like mm -hmm. the the you know the cultural osmosis outward might might not pick up on that as well. So I feel like it mm -hmm. could have that effect to an extent. Yeah, I think so. And um, I it feel like it's hard to kind of it's. I, I kind of don't know what it would be like in, in wrestling, if how it would affect wrestling culture today, if, if they tried to go back to that, I've, I've, I've kind of felt, I've kind of felt, I've always kind of seen it as kind of a genie that you, uh, that's out of the bottle now. Like it would mm. like you, you like something you can't go back to. No, not unless you did like a hard reset of the entire culture, like mm -hmm. shut down WWE, shut down, shut down all of the like major American mm -hmm. outlets for that. And then like wait a few years and then start up like an underground thing that parades itself around is legit well enough that people can't quite pick up on it at first. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably about it. You'd pro basically you'd have to go back to being a carnival show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or the, you know, 2020 version of a carnival show. Right, and let it grow out from there. Yeah. But it is super kind of, it's super fascinating to kind of see the, like, the different ways of um, the way that wrestling is perceived in culture. Because, yeah, in, in Lucha, Lucha, I didn't, I've never really thought of it before. But, yeah, like, when, when, the, when they portray Lucha Libre in particular, there's not the same vein of this is stupid fake wrestling crap. Yeah, would see if it's portraying just regular American wrestling. I mean, even American wrestling kind of still gets portrayed with that weird uh, sense of that that weird sense of like um, of self seriousness. Like, I can't, mm -hmm. I feel like I, I can't remember if uh, if the if, if you remember this movie, like Here Comes the Boom. If that was about the teacher joining WWE, <laughs> or it was it was, or, it was it was MMA. It was it was MMA. Was, okay, then never mind. I remember so, so that. That, that one's was, legit, but. But so like it's Kevin, Kevin. Uh, oh, what's his name? I can't, the guy who played Paul Blart. Yeah, doing yeah. that, and, uh, and for a hot second, I wanted to see that movie, but I okay, you'll 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 laugh at this. Uh, this is totally off topic, but you'll you'll get a good laugh out of this. Mm -hmm. Is I remember I was at uh, there was like a night where I was just kind of like going out with my mom, uh, and we were just gonna be like we're gonna have dinner and a movie. Um, and she gave me the choice between seeing. Here comes the boom and Pitch Perfect, and I chose Here comes the boom because for some reason Pitch Perfect looked dumb to me. All right, um, all right. Those, I have a related story that I think that can go kind of with that very well. Is okay. So one one time, one day, my my uh, whole family decided to go to the movie theater, mm -hmm. and the the two biggest movies out at that point in time were uh, Mad Max Fury Road and Pitch Perfect Two. Oh no! And me and my mom decided to go to Pitch Perfect too, and my dad and no! my brother went to Mad Max. Why? Because I didn't really. I've never really. I've never seen a Mad Max movie, including Fury Road, and I was yeah. like a whole lot of whatever. Versus Pitch Perfect Two, man, I was super excited for that sequel. Oh no! No. And then, and then the sequel was kind of mediocre, and I never saw the third one. Oh God! But oh, I make, that's I, funny. But I love to tell this story of like I could have seen one of the most critically acclaimed movies of of at least the last decade, yeah. but I decided instead to see Pitch Perfect Two. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then and then later, years later, I rented I rented like we rented Pitch Perfect and watched it. And I'm like, man, I really wish I'd seen this instead of Here Comes the Boom in theater. Yeah. 
No, I guarantee, um, I guarantee Pitch Perfect was the better movie of those two options. It, uh, like, well, like at the time, I liked Here Comes the Boom, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if I went back and watched it now, I would have been like, man, this is really dumb. <laughs> um, but but it's okay. So so that one's not an example. But like, I I I didn't see this movie. I'm pretty sure you did though. Fighting with my family. Uh, I have seen it. Does that been- does does that portray like? wwe as like as scripted and fake or is it like taking it seriously it is actually one of the few examples of wrestling movies where it is treated as fake oh okay well then cool so so yeah there's because admittedly usually in movies they they try to i'm gonna say they try to they kind of try to toe the lake they they toe the line actually a lot a lot of times in movies they don't make a very good commitment to whether this is supposed to be fake or not but it mm-hmm. leans more towards that it's real. But then they'll do yeah. stuff that is like, like they'll treat it as if it's real, but then they'll do stuff that only could happen if wrestling was fake. Yeah. And then it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Internal consistency. What is that? There's oh, yeah, very- I mean, like MMA tends to get depicted in like Hollywood media a lot more than like WWE, but, but, Especially but still, now, like, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, but, but then, but but then like, my family have- actually does, it very much treats it as like, Wrestling is a fictional thing. It's like it's like a form of uh, like it's it's not it's not actual fighting. It's performance. Yeah, which is super cool. Um, but then you have movies like like Nacho Libre that take like the lucha the luchador thing and you know play it as far as I remember like totally legit. And obviously that's like a silly like blackjack movie. They do play, movies- they do play they do play that pretty pretty straight. Um. If there's a major moment of that movie that is not that they kind of give it up that wrestling isn't real, I can't think of it. Yeah, I mean it's been a minute, but like, but like even that, like a movie like that helps uh, has helped shape the cultural consciousness on like what luchador looks like versus what American wrestling looks like, mm-hmm. um, and you have this kind of like disparity. So again, kind of this kind of interesting. Like while one is probably at least from my what, what I would imagine perceived as more legit on uh, you know on mm-hmm. the streets. Uh, the, when when it gets brought to, you know, Robert Rodriguez's approximation of the mainstream, um, they they turn it into like they turn it into like like wrestling D and D basically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was just thinking is like not just a movie is is that you have the TV show um, Lucha Mucha Lucha. Oh that, yeah, that plays wrestling completely straight. I mean, yep. it's still kind of it it. it it makes jokes to the idea of how fake wrestling is for example, that I didn't get as a kid, for example, um, like when they get sent to like the bad guys, the bad kids class, it's called heel class. And obviously they have, and they talk about having like a finishing maneuver. Like they use, they use terminology that exists in the, this is fake. Here's how we talk about it. Dictionary, dictionary, but they play it as completely legit. (laughs) Yeah. That's super cool, though. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, th- again, this kind of and I always cool, remember uh, that they go to the foremost international school, of, world-renowned school of lucha. Oh my god! I yell it every time. I have to yell it every time. You know what? I I, I respect it. It's iconic. I stand. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a great note to end on. As we're gonna watch uh, some lucha underground, and then we'll All pick right. up back here. We'll see y'all we are in, in a bit. Back. Um 
We are back from watching the pilot for Lucha Underground. Can you, uh, just a second. Um, can you hear me all right, as is? Yeah, yeah. Why being weird? All right, we Gucci. All right. So there you have it, David. Your first, your first experience of uh, non WWE wrestling. Yes, and oh man, what a what a trip. Um, we 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 flew, we flew. Well, I guess I guess. Oh well, the WWE shot all over this is shot primarily in California, right? Uh, Boyle, it is filmed in Boyle Heights, which is a suburb of Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. Or like area. Yeah, so we so we all the way to the west coast to watch this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we 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 took we took a vacation over the west coast. Yeah, we did. And we, that, we, we found uh, a, we found a Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, I mean, off the bat, this was this was such a different feel. Like, um, like from from second one, it felt like a narrative, um. It was it's it's this interesting thing of like ah it's so it's so hard to put my finger on and this is kind of I think going to be my big struggle for this segment is is it's so so hard for me to put my finger on where the difference lies even as I kind of started to articulate it with Austin while we were watching this mm-hmm. um, there's some je ne sais quoi that's so similar but so different and that like. Mm-hmm. With with watching WWE, there's this there's like like yeah, there's obviously a running narrative throughout, and we kind of talked about that and how everything's tied together and how like there's backstage segments and the and the onstage segments and stuff like that. But the the something about the way the way it feels, I, I kind of like I, I think I think the best way I put it was it's like reality TV versus like a versus like a Marvel show sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or some sort of like action drama series, right? Where mm-hmm. one of these is um, one of these is 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 rough around the edges, and it's very um, it's 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 not cinematic in in any measure. It's you know a lot of handheld cam footage on the ground with the real people doing things in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for as much as you know, uh, reality TV is obviously scripted, and there are a lot of these like moments of um the of bombacity as it were mm-hmm. um with with lucha underground um it's played so much more to the audience as opposed to like each other mm-hmm. um the 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 narrative doesn't come from the narrative the, the narrative doesn't isn't driven by like real feeling people that um that are being shit to each other for entertainment. This is, this is driven by characters who are turning to the camera uh, and kind of winking and, and treating this as though this is a story in and of itself, all of it. Um, And it's, it just creates this really interesting, just slight major. It's this slight difference that feels ever so major. Mm -hmm. Um, as as Dario begins and ends the episode with this grand welcome to Lucha Underground, um, it, it's it's almost like this. Um, it's almost like you know when when he when he did in the beginning the welcome to Lucha Underground, 
um, that was played to like the audience and stuff. That was very obviously like you know within within this they're establishing the Fight Club as mm -hmm. it were, um, and and it's and it's kind of the way of telling the audience, telling the the, the at home audience while while you know playing to the to the cinema audience of uh of this is the world we're in and why um and then at the end when he says it that is that is directly to us that is a challenge that is that is welcome you just had a whole bunch of expectations set up and had them all thrown out that window um in the last five minutes of this thing buckle in baby no, that that's the interesting bookend of of you know of of the of the beginning kind of feels it feels a lot more like a genuine like hello welcome to this new thing you've never seen before and then the end feels like a cocky asshole being yeah. like welcome to my this is my welcome to lucha underground where i'm in control but that's just, but but either way, Dario still feels like a character even at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like like even at the beginning when they're where they're trying to go for like you know a reality opening where it's like my name I'm the boss um uh sort of thing. Uh, it's still like he's still something about him feels like a character from the get go. Like even more than McMahon, who's very clearly like very clearly playing this like crazy lunatic bad boss sort of guy mm -hmm. um dario just feels uh feels constructed but not i, I don't want to at all say that in a bad way he feels he feels purposefully dramatic mm -hmm. and i honestly think a big way, reason why he works the way he works is because he is played by a, a legitimate regular actor Oh, like, he's not some guy. He's not a guy who's who's uh, normally works in the uh, in the wrestling world. He's he 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 ha he is a uh, the actor uh, Luis Fernandez Gill, and okay. he's a TV and film actor. And this is just this was and this is just like another role on his on his on his um, filmography. Well, then that might be it then, because um, because the way he's presented, like the, the the this feels like actors playing roles, mm -hmm. whereas whereas with WWE you have you have people who are athletes first who then get kind of roped into this whole acting thing, mm -hmm. um, and it you know obviously there's a very different quality to delivery, whereas you know one is one is a lot more uh, a lot more wooden with kind of the beefcakes behind it, whereas here. A lot of the character beats seem to be given to, um, seem to be given to the the kind of behind the scenes people, and the character beats given to the to the in ring wrestlers are kind of relegated to these these uh, these promo videos that that feel properly like you know any wrestler introducing themselves would do, just as exaggerated characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and those those videos pop up pretty much throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And they're always a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah, they, yeah, I, I agree. Like from the get go, they felt really fun. Mm -hmm. And they, you have this episode has has like it gives you like the the prelude right at the beginning, mm -hmm. which is as I consider kind of like you know you're in for something different when you got this guy um, in a luchador mask uh, fighting in a street fighting a street gang off yeah. wrestling moves, which get used to that. There are huh. so many clips in this ep in this series of like 
trying to establish that you're a real tough guy that you can like throw down. You're beating up dudes on the street with your wrestling moves. And and, and the invocation of Aztec lore at the beginning mm-hmm. to like kind of kind of be like the forefathers of luchador, mm-hmm. you know. Which I admittedly do not know a lot of whether that's true or not. That wouldn't surprise me. But I don't know how much of that. How much of that is in terms of like as as the Aztec uh, warrior culture influencing um, lucha libre's develop culture mm-hmm. is. Uh, I don't know how much of that's legit. Yeah, like it could have just been kind of fabricated around with for for the to work with the uh, lore of the show, or that could be legit. Yeah, who's to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but either way, like. Um, you buy well, that, in either way, whether that's legit yeah. or not. Like, yeah. And, and well, it's, it's, again, it's almost like a pilot episode. It's almost like, it's almost like, um, it's almost like the dark crystal series where you have Sigourney Weaver in the first five minutes talking about like the origins of Thra and then the, and Agra and the Skeksis and the whatever. Uh, it's, it's kind of like that where, where it's, where it establishes like, this is, this is based on some kind of mystical before time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this what you're watching right now is it's reckoning it sets up this kind of dramatic uh arc from the mm-hmm. get-go um and, and i think i think i think what's what's really interesting too is even in the segments of this that feel most starkly like reality tv or sports tv um there's a certain there there's there's a much more kind of subtle narrative follow-through to it that i think lends it a quality that um that is unique to it uh, whereas where something like WWE, we have like the backstage segment of Kane talking to his one like underling who's needs to prove that he's not a failure. And then he has to go out there and, you know, fight mm-hmm. for to prove whether or not he's a failure. Uh, mm-hmm. And this we have um, in this we have the, the segment of Puma's trainer, like talking about him and how he's going to be like the next great whatever. Uh, and then we get like, this clip of him training and the trainer being like, what's wrong with you? Fight harder. Um, and mm-hmm. then, and then it, we have, it's, it's this, uh, this much more subtle planning and payoff where he's going up against, uh, where he's going up against Mundo. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's instead of being played out as this obvious kind of like setup, it's, it's so much more there in the nuance where we can see it in his determination to fight how every time he gets knocked down, he kind of wails against the floor for a second, frustrated with himself. Mm-hmm. It's this really cool kind of subtlety that lends it a completely different um, quality that I find really, really engaging. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and Johnny, uh, and that, by the way, is, is we talked we talked a lot about this. It's kind of it's also kind of like the first time we've really talked about like a match as being as engaging, and it is definitely the most exciting match we've watched up to this point. Oh my god! Is Prince Puma versus Johnny Mundo in the main event? Oh yeah, like that that one I think I had the most like audible reactions to too. Like I was literally like exclaiming at points throughout this, which I don't think I'd done at least all that much previously when we'd watched any of these other matches. Aside from like obviously when when Cena got yeeted. Yep. I mean, it's it's a, it's an incredibly engaging uh match and I think that you know, um it kind of in, in if you want going if you uh, talk if you kind of look at conventional wisdom about wrestling is this idea that um, is that like this is that like what kind of gets people like to notice 
isn't necessarily the matches. It's, it's this, everything that happens around it. And mm-hmm. while I would agree that's important, I also am a pretty firm believer that the match, a match itself can be super engaging and interesting and kind of pull people in. And I think that uh, Prince Puma and Johnny Mundo is, is a, is an incredibly good example of that. Oh yeah. Well, because, because what you were talking about is like, um, this is, they, they, it, it, it's this interesting kind of duality because on one hand, uh, the way they kind of stage these fights, mm-hmm. there's, there's a certain like flow to it that makes it a little more apparent that it's choreographed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's that, very Lucha Libre. That's like, if you want to know the biggest crit- criticism people have of Lu- of people who don't like Lucha Libre, their biggest criticism of it is the, is the, uh, choreography. Yeah. Feeling I mean, it, everyone's posing. Everyone's like mm-hmm. making these, making these like, you know, grand fluid motions. But that being said, in a way it allows them to show off their athleticism in, in a way that WWE doesn't because WWE most of the time is so brute force mm-hmm. um, where we where we get to see these guys are obviously like strong and agile and whatever. But in, in this, these are dancers. These are people who, these are people who execute like, like feats of uh, like minimal, like, like miniature feats of acrobatics. Like they're nothing like mm-hmm. they're like, they're uh, like, it's as easy as taking a step out the door. Like it's, it's, it's so fascinating to watch and, and it just, Displays their athleticism uh, and their their ability um, in a way that that the kind of um, rough and tumble WWE doesn't, um, mm-hmm. which again makes it really cool to watch. Which is what made that that Mundo Puma fight really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of fluid athleticism is, I mean, um, the at the the hyper athletic kind of wrestling is my absolute favorite style of wrestling to watch among the various types that exist, the high flying style as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that is a big reason why is, is for some people they kind of like that kind of rough and tumble style more. Cause it, to them, it feels more like a real fight. Uh, to me, I'm a lot, I am, uh, so I'm always super enthralled by the kind of, uh, the kind of, uh, the athleticism that the dance, as you put it, like it, when you see two guys who are so athletically gifted going at it, that that's, that, that pulls me a lot. And so that's why that's, that kind of style is one of my favorites. And part of why I love Lucha Underground so much is because it's a Lucha Libre show and, uh, an Americanized Lucha Libre they're they're they lean into it completely. They don't shy away from how insanely athletic and capable these wrestlers are. It's, it's definitely, it definitely feels like a distinct stylistic choice. Uh, Mm -hmm. and one that I think pays off incredibly well. Um, the, the other kind of, the other kind of aspect to it that, that I was, that I was talking about a lot when we were watching that Mm -hmm. was like, it also lends itself to a certain rhythm. Um, which is, which is, which is interesting to think about because you think about, you think like, oh, you know, the, the more, the more rough WWE where it's more about like the, the really hard impact you mm-hmm. think there, um, that they'd be focused on the, the like distinctly rhythmic boom, boom, boom to make it all work. But there's a certain freneticism to that, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 that. I don't know. So something, I, I don't want to say like, it doesn't work for me, but it doesn't capture me in this same way this kind of fluidity does uh mm-hmm. there, there's a there's an it's 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 more arrhythmic and it makes it feel mm-hmm. more frenetic whereas this there is a uh there is a distinct rhythm there is a boom 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 there is a there's a musicality to it as 
as uh, Mundo sweeps his leg around or, or someone like, like leaps themselves up off the, off their back in one mm -hmm. fluid motion. Um, every, every hit feels, um, every, every hit, whether that's a hit between wrestlers or feet hitting the ground or, or back hitting the ropes, anything like that. Um, it feels in time, even if there's obviously not like a metronome going, it right. feel, it, it, it kind of hits with this more natural feeling that, mm -hmm. um, that I think, um, makes it not even easier to follow, but a little easier to process and a little bit easier to kind of really feel the flow of the fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very. Um, yeah. And, 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 uh, I, I always get a kick out of this kind of stuff is that the only going to see is the, is the is something I always get a kick out of is kind of like the, is like when you see these kind of super athletic and interesting countering sequences as, as there was throughout the match is, is because mm -hmm. that, because that to me kind of sends this idea, this kind of message of like, these are two like highly skilled, highly trained wrestlers who like know their shit inside and out. So they know that this is come. They see, they can see that this guy's going to do this and I'm going to do this to counter this. It's almost like a, it's like a, it's like a chess match between two guys kicking each other <laughs> mm -hmm. as they're trying to like, yeah, yeah, and, no, I, I really, like, and, and, and Lucha really Libre like and high yeah. flying and Lucha Libre in particular lends itself really well to that kind of, to that kind of back and forth. Another, another version that is like something that's like a highly technical style. That's very submission based. And, and kind of work and kind of, uh, you know, trying to hit particular uh, points in the body and stuff, which we've not really seen any, I, I'll probably show you at mm -hmm. some point that kind of wrestling, but that that's another style that kind of lends itself really to this idea of like, this guy does this, I counter with this, but he counters with this and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is super cool too. And I, I mm -hmm. really want to see that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of um, yeah, and, and, and that was kind of the story kind of, of about it too. Go ahead. I was like, that's kind of the story of of the main event match was of Puma and Mundo. It's kind of it was it was kind of set up as like the best of both worlds, honestly. Of 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 Prince Puma is kind of portrayed as as kind of a more pure lucha libre kind of wrestler in the sense because they give him this big grandiose backstory of of he is he is almost like the the embodiment of the ja of the of the jaguar tribe um and he has this great lineage even though he's this this kid off the street in boyle heights he has this this long lineage and history in his in his in his family of of this kind of of warfare of warfare as as the show might call it. Meanwhile, you got Johnny Mundo who doesn't have any yeah. sort of that um, known lineage. He's he's just he's kind of presented as as an, just an American wrestler, but one with a highly athletic and style of his own that blends in perfectly with lucha libre, even if it is not traditional lucha libre it's kind of yeah it's it's a really like two worlds but in very similar worlds yeah it's it it does a good job of treating that treating that juxtaposition um without i i i think without um without really demonizing one or the other or saying one or the other way is wrong um mm -hmm. it just creates this very interesting dynamic um, 
it feels it feels in that it feels less like a morality play and more of just kind of what we were talking about in the first segment a clash of characters mm-hmm. um and i think uh, and i just kind of i just kind of had a realization too uh and i think this kind of ties into that, that the idea that neither are portrayed as necessarily bad especially especially at the end when we have johnny mundo going uh and helping prince puma get up mm-hmm. um the, the sign of respect and sportsmanship yeah yeah the showing him this respect that i have not seen thus far uh portrayed in wwe to a wholesome extent like like it was so it was so wholesome that i even said to austin at one point um man he better not he better not pull a pull a, a john cena twist on me because that, because that, this is really is, nice that is kind of a common twist sometimes is is to do that kind of thing but yeah no they yeah. play they play it pretty straight and that only kind that only works when you're not trying to make it a morality play and that yep and WWE has had matches before that does that aren't strict morality plays, but that is kind of the go-to. That is kind of the common go-to. Well, and Lucha Underground too. Like the other two matches have a lot more of a a more blatant spin on like yeah. this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. But I do appreciate that in the main event they go they go. It's they don't try to push so hard that like one is bad and one is good. Well, because I think, and and again, this is kind of the big realization I had is is the kind of what I was what I was thinking about this sense of rhythm, this sense of flow, how it feels a lot less chaotic uh, compared to something like WWE. And then I thought about how this episode ended, and I thought about all of a sudden when um, when Mundo went to grab the uh, the uh, the briefcase of cash, and uh, and the boss pulled it away. It all of a sudden started to have that that frantic, chaotic feel to me that I've felt in all like the WWE stuff we've watched mm-hmm. so far. And then the and then the that that like trio came in and started stomping, and then it really started to have that energy. And I'm just kind of realizing, oh, it, what we were talking about with this kind of being a pilot episode that sets up like the world and sets up the expectation, the mm-hmm. the norm that is going to be broken by the by kind of like the series inciting incident. It's this sense of order. It's this sense of we're doing things the way they've been done. This is our this is our own iteration of it. Welcome to our fight club. We're mm-hmm. we're happy to have you here. Let's do some gosh darn wrestling. But then we bring in the plot twist and all of a sudden everybody's getting stomped and it feels chaotic and it feels disorderly mm-hmm. and it feels stressful to me again. Um and that sense of flow, that sense of that that sense of order completely out the window. So it's this very subtle, but but uh, but very palpable aesthetic, mm-hmm. rhythmic, uh, physical change in and all mm-hmm. of a sudden how everything's moving that gives us the feeling of oh no this is different and that's what really punctuates that final welcome to Lucha Underground uh-huh. that now that's There's- now a threat. Yeah, like this isn't just some hat. This isn't just some like cutesy little fight club where you're going to have you're going to fight for money or for fame and glory or whatever. This is a this is a dangerous place where you're not you're not. And we'll get a lot more sense of that, especially when the more supernatural characters start to show up is you're not safe in the temple. Yeah. And and I think that I think that goes a long way to setting this up as like a narrative. This isn't a, this isn't a string of vignettes like 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 in American wrestling. This is this is a story. This is uh, this is uh, oh the boss's name. Why am I? Bo- Dario Cuento. 
Dario, this is Dario's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the story of all the people he subjects to his insane bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's this really cool thing. And it kind of goes back into uh, the, what, you really, what you really wanted me to, to, to bring up when we talked about this is, uh, you know, as I was kind of saying to Austin, David being David about analyzing wrestling, but I couldn't mm-hmm. help but link it to a, to a, to a theatrical uh, a, a theatrical story. And I, and I couldn't help but watching this episode think about the musical Cabaret, um, wherein you have kind of two separate worlds. You have the real world um, where, where the Nazis are invading, where everything is going to shit. Um, and then you have the stage world that comments on what's going on in the real world. And when we go between the... Um, when we go between the, the fights that feel very much like, you know, this is our fight club. We're doing these fights, have, have fun kids. Um, and then we go into Dario's real world and the world that the world outside that all these wrestlers come from, where it's about, um, uh, making your lineage proud, where it's about, uh, Dario running his, his temple in the way he desires, uh, where it's about, uh, um, um, sexy star, uh, being a champion for women everywhere where mm-hmm. um it, it has that kind of same interesting split personality to it where one where one side is the real world and one side is the stage world that comments on the real world and that's, um, that's and it i just think it lends a really cool feeling and that's and that's kind of interesting that you um you know, that, that that kind of like how separate those worlds are and how the and and the and the the real world is you talk is is you see it it's, well, well, it's, it's well, 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 well separate but connected and mm-hmm. separate but the same it's, but, it's, but i would say it's like, interesting is it like is you look at dario has three i guess four but we we kind of talked over the, the his his third his other backstage appearance and it's not super relevant to this to the narrative of the story but he has like three big parts that are big to the narrative is he has the part out the fir- the opening part and in this uh in this in this kind of pre- pretend not real world but like a staged world and you have him being the the love of the uh hi yes welcome to my fight club yes at the end of the night one wrestler will win a hundred thousand dollars and then you go and then your second appearance is in the office now you're in the this real world and you start to get a little more about his his agenda where he's talking to conan who is uh prince puma's um manager and he's like so listen, I got this guy, Johnny Mundo. He's a, he's a, he's a popular free agent, but I think he's an arrogant asshole. I don't like him. I want to make, I want to, I want to punish. I want to make an example of him. Can your man do that for me? And you're starting to see this mm. kind of underlying agenda to what is otherwise kind of a straightforward match in the main event. And then in the main event, j- despite Puma's yep. best efforts, Mundo wins can kind of derails what Dario was going to was hoping for, so he has the backup plan situation, where he pre- he he ostensibly yep. going to present Mundo with the money, and ha ha, these mercenaries have arrived. They're gonna beat they're gonna beat everyone up, and they're gonna take the money. I and it even and even lends to this idea. Yeah, no, like, it's, what it's would Dario super, have done if what would Dario have done if Puma won? Would he have still done the same thing, or would he have given yeah. Puma the money? Mm-hmm. 
yeah uh and i think i can i think it kind of transcends like the the cabaret um the 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 cabaret duality of uh like aesthetically it feels similar but like the thing with cabaret is it's like it stays separate until the very mm -hmm. end uh when when the mc is performing either depending depending on the version like on stage for nazis or like in the concentration camp for nazis whereas here one episode in and that line has all of a sudden gotten blurred mm -hmm. um and we'll see how the real world and the stage world start to mix mm -hmm. um and it's uh, like i said it's it's gonna feel i think fundamentally different from uh from wwe where it all where it's like the backstage is directly affecting the uh the um the the onstage in kind of this corporate drama way whereas mm -hmm. he here this is all it's grander this is almost like um like its own uh, I, like it's 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 representative of the world uh mm -hmm. and it's like mundo in control of it or no not 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 mundo dario. dario in control of it all dario in control of it all as like this as like this nutso puppet master um and we see his ability to to affect the the people uh below him mm -hmm. um instead of instead of kind of where WWE where everyone's kind of on this like equal footing and everything it's it's like the world at the behest of this puppet master which is really really interesting and cool and he's and he's going to be like that the rest of the show and he's and and I love Dario mm -hmm. for it and and something that uh will be ex more explicit really in in future times but I want to talk about it now cuz it's it's kind of one of my favorite aspects of him is that like I am, as a note, I'm burnt out on the concept of the evil boss character in wrestling because since Vince McMahon in 1998, mm -hmm. this kind of became a regular figure on, on TV as the evil corporate, you know, person in charge of the company who want, who has his own agenda and screw the people and screw the people that, that the, the wrestlers, the people like, um, Everyone has kind of done a version of that and I'm just kind of tired of it. And Dario feels different and he's the only mm -hmm. and he's the only evil authority figure character I've liked in wrestling in a long time. And I think part of why it works for me is he has motivate he is blatantly evil in the sense that he manipulates events he is he he all of all of the people he wants in charge are portrayed as the morally bad people as opposed to the people as the wrestlers that the fans want to have in success but he isn't he doesn't he doesn't have this he doesn't have the same um he doesn't have the same disdain for the fans of his of his of of lucha underground as as you would see in in a more traditional take on an evil corporate figure he has a he has a a, a positive relationship with the fans in the, in, a, in the sense that he really likes violence and so do the fans so he has this he has this genuine connection with the fans on on a positive level of that he absolutely loves the blood and the gore and the and the uh physical violence and the fans eat that up too but what makes him bad is because is that he he still has other agendas that go against what the fans would want. Yeah, well, because I think what's so trite about about the McManus character mm -hmm. is that 
it's very especially especially in again talking about WWE's a morality play. Uh, it's very much this kind of like people who sit in offices bad. Uh, people people who are uh, r- tough and gritty fighting for fighting for the common man good uh, mm-hmm. because that's how they that's how WWE appeals to its demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been whereas, telling that and they've been telling that story for twenty two years. Yeah, and it's and it's and it carries these kind of undertones to to it it carries this kind of undertones and and kind of shifts uh public not necessarily discourse but mm-hmm. like public ideas in a way that feels uncomfy um to 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 people to to people like us who mm-hmm. um who who understand the implications of a whole swath of the population being told that anybody who with like a degree who sits in an office and tells other people what to do is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, so, but, but with Dario, uh, it's, it's different because he, like you said, uh, which was something I didn't pick up on. So I, I really appreciate that you mentioned this. Yeah. He has this connection with the fans that he, um, uh, that that's not portrayed as like, he blatantly sucks or he's a moron or he just like hates it. He, he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't outwardly show contempt for like his own constituency. Mm-hmm. It's this, um, it's again, kind of the puppet master. He sucks everybody into his world. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like, it's not office man bad. It's, this is a super villain with the ability to implicitly control your mind. Mm-hmm. The, like the like an evil showman, a a, a a malicious carny versus like a um versus you know uh um bureaucracy doesn't know the common man blah blah you know yeah malicious carny is actually a really good term for Daria. Yeah. I don't want to say I don't want to say carny necessarily because like. He presents so sleekly that it feels it feels I don't like classier than Carney, uh, but like but that that general like that general kind of like charis darkly charismatic uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna get a lot of development from Dario going forward that all that doesn't just flesh that just not only fleshes him out but also adds a lot of nuances and takes to his character. And I'm super excited to get to talk about it. Yeah, but and that's the I, other thing. He feel, he feels like he has the ability to get three dimensional, whereas Vince McMahon is just uh, is just rich, clueless asshole. Mm-hmm. Seek asshole CEO who doesn't who doesn't know or doesn't care what the the Pete what the what the regular the the regular people want or care or, yeah. or care about. Yeah, it's it's two dimensional, whereas whereas Dario. F- feels like a, a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we should, I feel like we should talk about like the other two matches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I know I we're mean, so focused. I mean, it is, it is narratively the biggest part of the episode. It, about a third of the episode is, is just the main event and, and the circumstances yeah. around it. Let, let alone like, the uh, if you include all the stuff in the earlier parts that build up to it, it that's like half the episode is that. So mm-hmm. it's totally fair yeah. to talk that much about it. But there is other stuff going on. There are two other, yeah. Um, so we had we had two our two previous matches, which mm-hmm. the first one was this very kind of traditionalist, 
uh, um, cut to the chase sort of match. Which was the um, point. It was his Blue Demon yeah. Jr. and Chavo Guerrero Jr. Yeah. And he's kind of, they, they kind of frame it as kind of like the comfortable, like, Lucha Libre, like, as you mm-hmm. probably think of it in, in aesthetic and, and, and presentation. It all, it almost yeah. kind of works really. It's it, uh, the only, there is more to this match than you'll see later in other episodes, or I guess you probably won't. Cause I think we're going to skip through the storyline of this, but of it, but um, there is a lot more plot to it, but for the purposes of this episode, it kind of exists to be like, welcome to Lucha under Lucha to Lucha Libre as you, as you know of it, it right now. Mm-hmm. So we can build up to, in the main event, here's what Lucha Libre is like today. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is um, we've evolved almost through to this. And there's a reason why they started with the old guy, mm-hmm. these, these legends, these old, these more traditional Lucha Libre guys and finished with Puma and Mundo. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I kind of feel bad because like, for as respected and storied as, as these guys are, I'm sure in their careers, they mm-hmm. kind of have the least to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. the, again, it's just it's just these two very established, very sleek, very talented wrestlers going at it, mm-hmm. um, and it just feels legit all the way through. Again, they they just they just presented professionally and sleekly and and performed well. Um, whereas whereas yeah, like we talk it, it, again, it's kind of like the tamer version of what we talked about with with puma versus mundo of um of yeah it it's obviously it 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 leans in a little bit more to feeling choreographed but um this feels like it almost feels like an exhibition match right Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like these aren't these aren't characters fighting each other these are two well-established figures who are who are going at it for the crowd it's like an mm-hmm. exhibition match to start everything off and i think mm-hmm. and i think honestly i think it's an ingenious way to lead us into this the norms yeah, yeah the only narrative really thread to it is after the fact is, is we kind of talked over this so, so but it's, it's it's truthfully not super important overall mm-hmm. is you have you had chavo in the locker room area kind of brooding because he lost and and uh Dario comes in and is like, dude, you're you're Chavo Guerrero. Get your shit together. And yeah. then he threatens him that, you know, a thousand deaths is coming for us all, hinting at uh, the, you kind of spoiled it in the first part, but hinting at the imp- impending arrival of Mil Muertes. Yes. But, but other than that, it's not really a major narrative part of anything. <laughs> Yeah, but but again, ingenious because it mm-hmm. starts off with this with this kind of exhibition match that feels very sleek, very professional, mm-hmm. very you know just very well rounded, mm-hmm. uh, and then it drops just a little bit of some crazy shits coming down the line. Mm-hmm. This is not the norm. Like this, this no, might like, be. If you don't know anything else, say the line "a thousand deaths is coming for us all" is is om- is if nothing else, extremely ominous. <laughs> it's prof- It's prophetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Again. I, I think I think uh, of of all the wrestling shows that I you know am thus far familiar with, this feels like the most um, the most thoroughly planned out. Um, mm-hmm. They know what they're going for. They know what they're setting up. They know um, how they want to unravel this world before us. It feel it feels like a complete world 
uh whereas whereas wwe feels like its own like kind of extension of ours um this this feels like this feels like um another realm almost um Mm -hmm. and again the way they set it up is is beautiful um and then we go on to the second match uh between between sexy star and and son uh, of havoc uh, which you'll you'll son uh, of havoc who is who is a biker i don't know if you caught that the they don't make it super explicit this time except for obviously he has the vest and he's and he's he is billed as being from the open road (laughs) yeah i didn't really notice that i thought he was supposed to be an executioner uh yeah no that's fair but it's the mask but no, he's he's yeah. but he he's he's a biker like he's okay, a motor, he's a he, he's a motorcycle dude that's he's from the open road and that makes sense but and then and if you want to talk about uh explicit morality plays this is it in this episode this is where yeah. you get um he which which, which again story. I don't think devalues any any of what we've been talking about with the no. underground. Um, it's almost it's almost like a B plot uh, in mm-hmm. a way, um, get, where where yeah, go for it. Is you is you get this uh, this intro this really good good well put together uh, vi- uh, video package about like who Sexy Star is that, that kind of mm-hmm. paints her like her 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 kind of her her story of of suffering um, abuse in uh, past relationships and even contemplating suicide and finding um, kind and finding uh, a confidence and, and, and a um, power in, in, in the mask in Lucha, in mm-hmm. Lucha Libre and now fighting to be kind of being a, a champion for women and for little girls everywhere like her as the, the reason for her name is because as she says every woman is sexy every woman is a star woman is a star yep sexy star and it's a very yeah. it's a very um, nice like champion of the people yeah. video and then you got son of havoc kind of yeah. great as well he, he his character is pretty neutral. There's nothing inherently bad about being a motorcycle guy, but then he, he, he gets a microphone and he's complaining about, you know, how dare they make me fight a woman. I am a serious fighter who is above this shit. (laughs) How about you just get out of the ring independent biker. (laughs) And why don't you just get out of the ring and let me win so I don't have to kick your ass. Yeah, no, uh, it's definitely, um, it's, it's definitely this, um, this kind of, um, uh, again, it's kind of like a B plot. Whereas, whereas the, 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 the main thing with Dario and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Puma and, uh, and, uh, Mundo is, is this kind of sprawling, uh, twisty, thing um whereas you know the this this kind of secondary it's more kind of like a black and white um mm-hmm. but it's still it's still it still finds its own way to be compelling because we have that great setup with sexy star um and then where, and we get the fun and we get the interesting twist of it all is is everything leading up to this you would think that she's gonna win uh, it's and mm-hmm. not necessarily a win for i don't know not necessarily feminism or whatever but you know a win for the good guys and then she just kind of loses <laughs> yeah which which i think is what keeps it from feeling like like this lame forced uh processed b plot mm-hmm. uh it gives it it gives it something to pay off because she loses mm-hmm. and and it just kind of peters out from there 
Mm-hmm. But you, but but at to least be, to be continued, to be continued. Yeah, later. yeah. So what's going to have to happen for her to for her to win? Because it clearly wasn't enough uh, for her to be a symbol of girls everywhere. For her to for her to get this. For her to beat uh, to beat Son of Havoc. Um, it's it, she's going to need more than that. What's mm-hmm. she going to need? It kind of it kind of sets up this this inherent question. Um, to leave us for for later. So even then, even when we're doing the WWE morality play, it doesn't play out the way the way you'd like think. It mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't let it stick. And I think that's the key to to Lucha Underground is for as much as this is very much like a Hollywood fictionalized show in its fullest sense when it comes to wrestling, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't stoop to simplicity. At least not now. Like you said, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure as later seasons where the quality is more hotly debated, it might it might go there. But starting off, this is an incredibly strong start for a show like this. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very it's a fantastic pilot. And yeah, I, and I'll honestly say is that you know we a lot of people talk about episode nine, which is spoilers. That's next time we watch Lucha Underground will be episode nine, and the reason okay. I chose that is because it is kind of the episode where everyone kind of collectively agrees that this is when Lucha Underground starts figuring it out. That the first eight episodes have a lot, of, obviously have a lot of good to them, but there's still it's still like it's not there yet, and it's not hit mm-hmm. its peak, and. Episode nine is when they'll start getting to its peak. And so, yes. And so, and I've, and having what, and I've watched episodes two through eight back now, and I can say, yeah, they're actually, they're still pretty interesting and pretty good. And uh, I'll talk more about it next time as part of the, as part of the preamble to episode nine, but it's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. in that the, this, the episode, this first episode and you talked about it. Is this? It feel this is the show that feels the most planned more than WWE does. A lot of the times is that episode one it sets up a lot of plots, and you go and there and then episode seven a lot of those plots end up resolving. It has ah. a very it has a very firm like this is how long this story is going to play out, and then episode eight is the start of almost like the next arc, if you will. Yeah, stories that then uh, that then kind of continue into episode nine. So, and I thought but, that was really kind of fun to actually get a C in a wrestling show. That kind of like really well paced and planned arc. Yeah. Well, well, plus, but I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Kind of the sense I'm getting is that is that while we have these plot threads that that kind of. Are are the introduction to the world, introduction to the story for episodes one through seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the what what makes this pilot really really brilliant is not the plot setup, but the overall theming setup, the overall aesthetic mm-hmm. setup that will carry through past that first arc. Yep. That is going to be um, what 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 truly the 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 meat on these bones are. Um, and and. Again, it just kind of it, it 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 honestly, sincerely impresses me um, how uh, how well written this feels from the get go. Um, whereas, yeah, it's not like WWE where um, where despite everything being more chaotic and you know the acting being stilted and stuff, there there's a sense of reality to it because you can you know picture these people as figureheads in a way, as symbols mm-hmm. of of some greater idea. This is a 
story. This is a story that is going to be told to us through through passion, through bloodshed, through grit. Uh, and we have just been strapped in for the roller coaster mm-hmm. in in a really really smart way. And I and I genuinely do think this is this is a a, a um, kind of a, of a byproduct of the fact that this is being done by TV people. This mm-hmm. is like not not to degrade wrestling as it is in a WWE or pretty much anywhere that isn't Lucha Underground, but mm-hmm. that that wrestling is in pretty much everywhere else in the in the in, in America at least is done like the way you do wrestling, the way WWE does things is very much typical for how wrestling TV looks and lucha underground kind of intentionally because it's being done by people like it's done by like mark burnett and uh robert rodriguez as part of it and i forget some of the producers but like it's done by people who are part of television and treat and 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 treated this show as yes it's filmed wrestling but this is a show this is a a a drama of its of a of Mm -hmm. a more traditional television nature Okay. Yeah, it's not a never-ending soap opera. Yeah, I as, definitely as agree. regular and wrestling might be. Yep. Yep. And so it feels very. And it's just brilliant. I just think mm-hmm. it's brilliant. No, Lucha Underground mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible. <laughs> and I'm oh, I'm very I can excited see why it's a more. favorite of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see why it's a favorite of yours. I, I, I'm really, I'm really a fan of this. I'm really interested in seeing where this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I had one kind of like final observation, uh, that I completely like that completely escaped my mind. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll think of it like two hours later and text you and be like, Austin. Um, but, but overall, um, I think the, um, I just, I just think this is exceptional. Um, and I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing where yeah. it goes. And me. as, and and as I've said, is that there's a lot more to add here, especially because is that, and it, you don't, you can't tell, I think, from just watching the pilot. But uh, a big uh, issue from this first couple of episodes they taped is that um, there were some visa issues at, in at the border, at the Mexico border, and oh, so shit. some of the wrestlers they were hoping to get onto these first couple of episodes could not make it. And these wrestlers would from AAA, and they would end up being um, major figure plaids going forward in the show. So it's not like we're talking minor characters here. And they'll even oh, reference shit. they'll even reference this drama in the show. They they write in this whole scene where where Conan talks about uh, there were some issues at the border, but get I got these guys in here to fight. Yeah, and so. So like some of the most in best, some of the best like characters in the show you ha- we haven't even met yet. And mm-hmm. as I told David, when we were watching uh, the match as as incredible as Prince Puma is, and he is incredible. I'm not going to downplay that. He isn't mm-hmm. the most athletically gifted freak in Lucha Underground. You haven't met him yet. <laughs> I, oh, I, oh, oh, I remember. I mean, he was up, Puma's up there. He is at, he's in the top. Two or three, but he's not number one. I I think I, I I okay. So I just remembered, and and yes, I am very excited for that. I just remembered the observation I want to make mm-hmm. um, is that I think kind of the final piece to why this feels different, uh, so so fundamentally different from WWE, mm-hmm. is that WWE feels like 
its own little pocket of our world. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Lucha Underground feels like its own pocket of like the luchador world um where we're on the outside where we're we're like with wwe it's like um it's like this is this weird kind of uh anomaly dimension of of our normal world where where people mm-hmm. act like this and resolve all their spats through through fighting in front of hundreds of thousands of people um punch, whereas um, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 whereas whereas lucha underground I think what I think the final thing that lends to its kind of like narrative strength and aesthetic is it feels like a small microcosm of a of a grander tradition, mm-hmm. and that helps it feel like a storybook almost. Um, it helps it feel like a um, a oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like like um, like a single um, a moment. Uh, in a greater uh, in a greater mystical uh, plot, mm-hmm. basically, and they, um, and I think that is what really drives. And again, they lean into it with all the talk of the Aztec stuff and stuff. But I think that's what really drives home that that final point of the fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, WWE very much tries to ground itself in our world, and that's that's and that is one of the more interesting things about it. It is a it is mm-hmm. I it is undoubtedly a fictional universe, but it's one that we can be a part of as part of the yeah. audience as, as the audience. And in the, we're, we're, a, we are real people, a part of a fictional universe's show. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, but Lucha Underground is its almost own reality separate from ours. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's kind of a, I've always joked that uh, Lucha Underground is earth three. <laughs> Uh, because, because I love my comic book multiverse stuff, but yeah, as especially when you consider like these guys have pre-established pasts, but as part of their wrestling past, but then like once they're in the story, then their paths go Kareem completely different to what happens mm-hmm. in our world. And so in that way, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like earth three where, yeah. On this earth, um, super, more super, supernatural stuff exists, and this asshole makes a temple, makes a fight club in Boyle Heights, and that's mm-hmm. where, and that's where it diverges. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah. Overall, um, just just awesome, awesome mm-hmm. storytelling mm-hmm. is what's really at the heart of this. Nah, yeah. Season one of Lucha Underground it holds a special place in everyone's heart who has ever seen it. So mm-hmm. very excited to share more. Um, I don't know if we'll do an episodic structure to Lucha Underground. Like part of me wants to because the whole show's so good, and I feel like especially for a, sh- a show so narrative like Lucha Underground, it's really nice to be able to like follow that journey yourself as opposed to kind of me having to sum up a lot. I'm only doing mm-hmm. this particular skit because of the, the, uh, the, because of it's kind of known of like, this is where it gets good. If, if yeah. I didn't do that, I would have just been like, all right, on to episode two, like, mm-hmm. like, and, but at the same time, it is a lot of content. Yeah. Like there's 39 episodes in episode in season one alone. Yeah. 
So uh, we're I, young. I we'll, we'll 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 get we'll get through all of it eventually. Yeah, so thirty I'll, years from now, this podcast is still going strong. We'll uh we'll be watching. We'll be we'll, we'll, turn a, we'll do again. a whole like series retrospective on, on Lucha Underground. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. All righty. All right, for next time, <laughs> what to do? What to do? I think you said we're going back to the '80s next time, right? I'm I'm prepared to go back to the '80s. Uh, the only reason, <laughs> you know, I've I've as I've as I've made mention to a few times is I have been rewatch. I wa- I've been watching through I've, all the major shows up to between uh, the show we watched last time and the show we're going to watch next time we do the eighties. I watched all the mm. major shows in between. So I'm more informed about the storylines. I guess I didn't, I don't really think I needed to do that now that I've seen most of it. Yeah. It was very, very not interesting. <laughs> very, well, not going to say not interesting, I guess, but not important. Not as, not as, like, not as uh, exciting, not as helpful, not as like narratively, like informative as I was hoping for. I, all the mm. important stuff I did already know. And it didn't really add anything for me to keep watching as is to keep watching it through. But, um, the only reason we wouldn't do that is, you know, is the idea of like, we've covered, uh, the, the, uh, eighties in WWE, the golden age of, of WWE is it's kind of called or the, or the rock and wrestling era, depending on, on what you want to call it. There's a few Mm -hmm. names we've covered WWE as it is now, but, we have not touched uh, the late '90s in WWE, the very transformative time, as I've made mention to a few times, and or as it's called, the Attitude Era. So it's like, should we do something from then and kind you of know, cover our bases of WWE of the major WWE hallmark periods? <laughs> that might not be a bad idea it, it could be it could be really fun to start off to start off you know our series with 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 just you know carpet bombing the whole widespread of everything available and then once you've introduced me to all these base things we can yeah, we, then we can look take at each one can... take each rabbit hole and dig so deep mm-hmm. we can keep going down the rabbit hole yeah but now i'll have to i think we have on. to Yep, I think we're gonna do that, and then I'll think up what we're what we would watch for that because there's a lot of options. I'm ready. Whatever it is, I'm ready. I'm All here right. for it, baby. Let's go. Yep, I'm pretty excited too. Uh, well, thank you all for. Thank you all for for listening uh, for mm-hmm. listening along with us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Um, I, I feel like I feel like at the end of these, we should start like shouting out our socials or something. Uh, you see, nothing interesting's on my socials though, or else I would. Well, not not yet, not yet. But followers, oh, are followers. Oh, that's true. I'll pr- I'll prepare that for next time. I don't have that. I don't have that list. Alrighty. Prepared. Do, do you do you mind if I shout out my socials? No, absolutely. Go for it. Alrighty, uh, you can at the very least find me uh, as Professor Studs, uh, and that's and that's going to be Studs with two D's uh, uh, on pretty much everything. Uh, by pretty much everything, I mean uh, YouTube, um, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, follow me. Follow me on those. Uh, generally, see if you can find Austin as a as an offshoot of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Follow both of us. Uh, give us some some clout. Uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll thank, thank you, and we will see you all next time.